0: You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 68. This week's topic, the price of life, New York City. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stehobia. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And we had on a recent episode, Jonathan, from the Price is Life event that just happened last month in New York City. And you may remember that we mentioned on that episode that we would be traveling out to New York and attending that event and also sharing some of our feedback from that event on a future podcast. And I'm so excited to be able to present to you today many of the conversations that Sandy and Alexis Miller, who is a part of the uh, Global Center for Women and Justice, when they were out in New York for the event last month, uh, of some of the conversations that they had had with folks who were part of this event. And it was an event that was Put on by InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and reaching out to students, over 12,000 people on 17 different campuses in that area, and helping to raise the awareness of human trafficking, a huge event, and an event that uh, Sandy and Alexis were involved with, and Sandy spoke at several occasions, and so I am really excited to be able to bring part of her conversations with you. So here's Sandy in New York City.
1: I'm here in New York City with the organizer of this citywide Price of Life event. And David, tell us who you are and what your job title is.
2: My name is Dave Ruark, and I'm the director of the Price of Life NYC. And you've done this before. I have. I was also the co director of the Price
1: of Life at Michigan State University. Okay, good. Just have a few details. So now, what I really want to find out is why do you think doing a university-wide outreach will contribute to ending human trafficking? Well, we really do want to raise up foot soldiers to fight in the battle
2: against human trafficking. Um, But even more we want to raise up generals who can fight in the battle against human trafficking. And so we are focusing in on college students because we believe that they are the leaders of tomorrow. And if we need generals in this fight, the college students are the, is the place to be.
1: Why are college students so critical to
2: this? Um, I would say one, because they're still deciding what they're going to do with their lives and they can dedicate their lives to things Uh. like this. Um, Also college students are very much about wanting to see the world changed for the better uh, and uh, have a lot of energy to put towards that and the as I said before these are um, college students are the leaders of tomorrow and so they're going to lead in some direction
1: so we're hoping that they will lead uh, in some good directions. I've been so impressed when I've seen the slate of speakers and they're at how many universities? We're on 15 campuses in 15 New York City. 15 campuses. That's amazing. And it seems like you've identified speakers that speak to particular disciplines, poli-sci and mm-hmm. health care, so that we can build multidisciplinary teams as we fight human trafficking. And people who listen to our podcast all the time know we're all about – looking at how do we combat human trafficking from every angle not just one way go out and rescue people so my next question then is how successful do you feel you have already been it's a week into this
2: yeah uh, we feel like it's gone really well Um, we've seen amazing uh, results we've We've already we we were planning on doing eighty events on ten campuses. We ended up doing over a hundred events on fifteen campuses. So that in itself has been good. The events have been really well attended. Um, I think we're up over 8,000 people already, and we've still got you know, the the bigger events to come. So wow. um, we, we we're seeing a lot of people being engaged and around this issue. And as you already said, we're coming at it from a lot of different angles. We've got multiple different disciplines, multiple different areas. Also, we've been focusing on different niche events, niche uh, communities within the university to help talk about what does it mean to be African American and fight human trafficking versus what does it Mean to be Asian American and fighting trafficking. And so, um, and other uh, Greeks and athletes and um, targeting meetings that will get their attention, bringing in sports stars, NFL stars things like that to to talk about trafficking from that perspective and then we've also been bringing in the spiritual perspective and talking about what does Jesus have to say about human trafficking and and looking at it from that perspective as well. What what does he have to say? He's pretty much against it Um, uh, and Jesus is is all about freedom, all about setting captives free uh, both from physical bondage as well as from spiritual bondage which is what we've been talking about all week.
1: I was really impressed as I kind of stumbled into a staff meeting to hear the numbers. You guys are using social media. Mm-hmm. absolute. Tell us about your social media strategy. So we have a team of people who are just focusing on social media.
2: We've dedicated a number of our staff to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, both in terms of gathering stories but also gathering statistics uh, and then you, getting that out there. We've uh, had a lot of strategy meetings about hashtags and
1: things like that. So, um, and, yeah, they're doing a great job. So if I want to look now, even by the time someone listens to this, it's going to be after. Mm-hmm. But if I want to look up and see who posted what, what's the hashtag? The hashtag is
2: P-O-L-13, Okay, I just learned about
1: hashtags this year,
2: so I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying me, this actually, a lot. Me too. So, uh, I, in fact, I kept calling it the pound sign, and then people were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm kinda, I guess I'm a little too old. I was calling it the
1: pound sign, but it's, apparently it's hashtag. Hashtag, right. okay. And so don't say pound, P-O-L-13, because they the laugh at you. The reach that they talked about today already mm-hmm. isn't in the hundreds or or the tens of thousands. It's in the millions. That's right. And I think that that is an incredible because getting awareness is part of it, but finding engagement. And if people are engaging, they're actually looking for this, they're responding to this. um, That's how we're going to change the world so that we don't have a climate that will tolerate slavery. Thank you, Dave. You've done a great job, and I can't wait for the finale tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks for coming.
3: My name is Dave Palladino, and I'm from uh, the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And um, human trafficking, uh, when you think about the, com- the complexity of human trafficking, the campus is the best way to engage it, because if you think about the seven or eight institutions in our culture that shape it, the campus acts like a hinge or a pivot point to actually shape the culture of our country, um, actually the world. And um, when you think about human trafficking, it's a it's actually an interdisciplinary problem. You have, It intersects the issues of law, intersects the issues of business, social work, um, aftercare for victims, preventative, when you think about law. So the campus is the perfect place to engage it. You, you bring experts from all these different fields together to work together, and actually the price of life um, is needed because what happens on campuses is people often get in their kind of silos, and they don't know each other, and it takes an issue to kind of... Move everyone together, and so that's what Price of Life does. Is it it, it shows clearly what the problem is. It gives a mobilization strategy, <clears throat> and it brings people together from all sorts of backgrounds. All and a campus is such a our campuses are such diverse places, um, and so different cultural groups are tra- are tackling it differently. And it just provides a lens though where we can all come together and actually work on it. And as people graduate and they go into their fields or they go into academia, <clears throat> they're perfectly equipped to actually work on it in their field. I actually know somebody who um, got a scholarship through working at Chick-fil-A, heard about human trafficking, um, joined as an intern, joined International Justice Mission in in Cambodia, and now is one of the directors there of the social work after finishing her degree in social work. I think that's a perfect illustration of what can happen when people come together on the issue on campus.
1: So tell us your name and uh, where you're from.
3: My name is
4: Jason Gabry. I live in New York City. I am the regional director for InterVarsity here in New York, New Jersey, in the New York, New Jersey region. And I am the executive director of the Price of Life campaign.
1: So, I just got to town and I'm so excited to be in New York City and to find out that you're on 15 university campuses with Price of Life. Hmm. What I want to know is, how is Price of Life going to end human trafficking? That's a great question.
4: Um, We are partnering with three anti-trafficking organizations. My best answer is, uh, by way of analogy, we're partnering with three uh, anti-trafficking organizations, more than that, but three who are receiving gifts from us at the end of the campaign. of those three, one is World Vision. The other two are, is one is Restore New York City, which is a safe house for international women who have been trafficked to New York for the Ooh, sex trade. Wow. One is called Nomi Network, which provides opportunities, economic opportunities for women uh, and vulnerable people in India and Cambod- North India and Cambodia. Um, as I look at those three organizations, two of them were either founded or are currently being led by women and men who are InterVarsity alumni. Um, And so when I think about this campaign, I think it could be great if we raised some money. It'd be great if we got students excited about human trafficking. But I think our major contribution to the, to the end of human trafficking will be to release women and men with character and capacities to be generals in the Army against this great human injustice. Generals like Jimmy Lee, Executive Director of Restore, who learned to lead as a student in university. Generals like Diana Mao, and Alyssa Moore who started Nomi Network to provide opportunities for women to have uh, economic opportunities so that they wouldn't be vulnerable to be exploited. And uh, I think we could release thousands, hundreds, and thousands of women and men who really have character and capacity to make
1: a dent in this uh, great injustice. That is a great answer. Generals. We're going to have generals. And I love the uh, concept of character and capacity. Yep. Yep. Um, can you define that a little bit for me?
4: Sure. Um, so on the capacity side, it has to do with learning how influence works, learning how leadership works, learning to take risks. Um, our in, InterVarsity's mission, the organization I work for, our mission is to uh, to transform students, engage the campus, uh, renew the campus, and develop uh, world changers. Um We don't believe, I don't believe that we have to wait until students are graduated from college and in middle age before they can start practicing changing the world. Uh, I think of uh, great social change movements that have been led by students. And so we're giving students through this campaign an opportunity to practice the leadership skills, uh, working with a diverse coalition of organizations, Articulating a problem and inviting other people to get involved in the solution, uh, raising resources, raising awareness, calling people to action. All these are important, vital leadership skills, along with a host of others, that are vital for a campaign like this that students are being developed into uh, or, or being developed in students as they go. On the character question, um, I approach this from a Christian perspective, a spiritual perspective. I, I believe that um, that one of the slogans we say is you can't give away a freedom you don't have. Uh, I believe that uh, as uh, as a follower of Jesus, as someone who approaches this from a spiritual perspective, I'm really interested in seeing people adopt the the uh, disciplines of character that will sustain them as healthy hum- healthy, free human beings for the rest of their life um, so that they're not people who get passionate about an issue throw themselves into it get eaten up and then become bitter and disengaged. I want to see people have the actual, the internal fortitude. I don't believe internal fortitude and character is accidental. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually quite intentional and has everything to do with our vision of what it means to be human and our practices in light of that reality. And so uh, that's what we're trying to help students get into.
1: It is a pleasure to be here in New York City and be a part of Price of Life. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here.
5: Uh, My name is Adam Jeske. I work for the social media team on InterVarsity's Price of Life campaign here in New York City.
1: And exactly how has social media been an important part of Price of Life?
5: Well, as a campaign that's oriented toward college students, social media is obviously a really important way that relationships are built and ideas spread. So we've been doing work through social platforms, principally Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, to help information about human trafficking circulate on campus, uh, entering the conversations on campus, and also including some inspirational information, providing both the great need that there is to work against human trafficking and the pieces of hope, stories of survivors, so that students feel brought into this movement to fight great evil in our world.
1: And how many campuses are you reaching?
5: Well, the Price of Life campaign is being done on 17 campuses by student leaders. The social media, of course, circulates much more widely. As of this morning, uh, the second to last day of the campaign, we had uh, reached a potential audience uh, via impressions on social media of four and a half million people.
1: Wow. So explain. Impressions on social media. This is new vocabulary for me.
5: So it's the uh, impressions on social media refer to the way something might show up on your screen, but you don't know if someone actually reads it or not. And especially on Twitter, things blip and then they sort of float downstream. So what percent of that 450,000 people or 4.5 million people... (laughs) So what percent of the 4.5 million people actually see the messaging is unclear, but even 1% of that is thousands of people. And the reach, of course, is much wider than just New York City.
1: So price of life on Facebook is going to stay on Facebook. Is that correct? The event is over, but price of
5: life continues. Uh, We're talking about what our social media presence should look like going forward. There's a conversation about some other campuses elsewhere in the country that might do this uh, exactly a year from now and there might be some uh, launch materials coming out in the next week or two. Because
1: our podcast is like in 70 countries, even countries where we don't have a presence Mm -hmm. on anti-human trafficking. And so for me, it's really important that our listeners can go to Price of Life and listen to those stories that you just talked about.
5: Yes, so... uh the price of life. Social media platforms will continue to exist and will route people to other helpful places. Uh, the principal one being log off, which is at WeLogOff log off on Twitter. And if you search for we log off, I think you'll find it quite easily. It's a campaign by the New York City Urban Project and Jonathan Walton, who I think's been on the podcast yes, before. Yes, he's amazing. Uh, which deals with trafficking, but all. Uh, also, um, labor trafficking in particular and issues of slave-free products. Excellent. Uh, local, organic, using our dollars to represent the values that we want to uh, be a, an important part of our life.
1: And that was an exciting thing for me. I was at Baruch um, College today and listening to students who have decided, I'm not going to eat chocolate mm-hmm. unless I know it's slave-free. Yeah. Good decisions that we carry on into the next part of this fight.
5: That's right. Yeah.
1: And I think the thing I've learned since I've been part of Price of Life is it's not a moment, it's a movement.
5: That's right. Thank it's, you. It's going on
1: from here. Right. I'm in Brooklyn at Brooklyn College, and I have two students here. Um, tell me your names. Robin Varugis. Asher Karika, And both of you are part of New York City Price of Life, your volunteers.
6: Uh, yes, uh, through Intervarsity Christian Fellowship, we are um, externally supporting the Price of Life New York City movement.
1: It was great coming out here to Brooklyn, going past things that I've only seen in movies. It's my first trip to New York, wow, wow. and I saw the Brooklyn Bridge. I want to get out. Alexis wouldn't let me, uh, but I'm excited about this event and mobilizing students here at Brooklyn College. Yes. So. Can you explain to me why you think, Robin, that students are important in ending human trafficking?
6: Well, let me speak on behalf of Brooklyn College, because Brooklyn College has its roots um, in the 40s and 50s and onwards. um, Brooklyn College students have been uh, very... Um, worldly-focused in terms of causes and trying to raise awareness for causes. And now, with that in mind, specifically Brooklyn College, uh, not Brooklyn College students, but just students in general, we are given uh, roughly three to six years or however many years to determine how we are going to take our education and impact our world. So students um, being empowered with such knowledge of knowing how to fight and combat human trafficking and modern-day slavery is pretty much the only way we could stop this because with them being able to apply it to their workplaces or wherever they're going to be, you will have a great um, amount of awareness within the workplaces. And then from there on, it could start a whole movement within, I guess, all ages.
1: I'm excited that you're going to be one of the doctors working on this issue when you finish your education. Thank Definitely. you, Robin. <laughs> Asher, your major is
7: communications? Uh, television and radio,
1: Television and radio. Yeah, specifically. So how do you see comm students, television, radio, broadcasting, how do you see your classmates using their education to combat human trafficking?
7: Well, um, just from our last event on Tuesday, uh, we were showing the documentary Sex and Money. Um, Obviously, media has a profound influence on today's uh, generation of students. Now, if that's a positive influence or a negative influence, that's yet to be determined, but I want to make a stand for a positive influence of change in the media. Um, Right now, I'm just going to come out and say it, the media is garbage. Um, It's taking a generation that could have ended so much pain and suffering and just brainwashing them into being complacent and apathetic. Um, I want to change that and that's the reason I got involved in Price of Life. Um, I really feel by introducing documentaries like the one we saw on Tuesday and um, even um, there's a campus radio station and I got uh, a nice young woman named uh, Catherine involved in making an announcement for this organization to let people know through her radio station that they can come here and um, just hear more about this horrible injustice.
1: So let me ask you this question. As a, as a professor at Vanguard University, I teach human trafficking. And one of the most important aspects of ending human trafficking is ending demand. Ending demand for labor trafficking, for free slaves that um, make products really cheap that are on our shelves, ending demand demand for commercial sexual exploitation of women and children, Mm -hmm. girls and boys. So how does the media help us in demand? Because right now I feel like the media is marketing um, and hypersexualizing yes. our children and marketing products as the cheapest is best, okay. and so they aren 't promoting social consciousness right. of how this might harm somebody else what 's your generation going to do about that
7: well that's that 's a difficult one to uh, to stop, not impossible though. Um, I personally believe that we serve a God that's greater than all of this, um, and that to really get at the heart of the issue, we don't, um, we don't start at media, we start at ourselves and uh, our hearts. Um, but I do feel like if we can have a generation that has the integrity to move into media, um, that we can change it that way. Um, that's one of the ways um, I'm sure there's others but right now we're just so saturated with a group of people that are you know the CEOs the, the directors um, even the cameramen that are endorsing these things and that are just being complacent about it um, so we really need to move a new generation of um, broadcasters in that um, are ready to fight and not just stand by idly good good so that's a
1: statement for ethics in media. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Tell me your name.
8: So I'm Aretha Chakraborty. Um I'm a law student at Columbia Law School.
1: And what is the focus here about human rights and the link to human
8: trafficking? Sure. So human trafficking is modern-day slavery. And when we think about really basic freedoms, the idea that as an individual you're a free human being is one of the basic premises of a human right. If you're not free, then... You know how, what is what is happening to you and so to we're here to talk about human rights legislation which is also human trafficking legislation because necessarily if legislation is targeting human trafficking it's protecting people's human rights excellent thank, thank you. you
1: thank you i'm at baruch college in new york city and this is luke jenny kelsey and they're part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, Price of Life. Now that you've done this event, what have you learned and what are you going to do next? They are speechless. We're going to give them one more shot. What are you going to do next?
9: <laughs> um, I think that... I don't know I've learned a lot and right now it's still like it's still all going through my mind like it's kind of overwhelming in a sense Um, just with all the information we've learned and all the tools we've been given so I think at least for me I'm just going to continue to pray about it and really just see where God leads my heart like what direction he points me towards and um, try and make smaller changes like you know log log off like trying you know to um, eat fair Trade products and organic, local, green, yeah. Um, And just start there and um, see what God does from there. Jenny? Go here. Yeah, I don't really go here. Luke!
7: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, I think I'm going to just find out how I can get more involved in. Organizations that you know fight against human trafficking, and also make personal decisions in my own life to kind of change my lifestyle to um, you know find products that are fair trade and that are like from local places. So I kind of know where my things are coming from. Yeah. Good job. Okay, thank you, guys. Thank you.
1: Hi, can you tell me your name and what school you represent here in New York City?
8: Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, Ola Aldus, and I represent Potsdam, upstate New York. And I'm standing here in the art exhibit of Price of
1: Life, New York City Center, and there is an amazing piece that you've done. Thank you. Um, Can you tell us why you did this piece of art?
8: Yes. Well, I think it started with the notion that um, awareness of human trafficking, uh, which was happening in my country, in Ukraine. And luckily, I have not experienced it. My family have not. But as a mother of three-year-old daughter, um, I feel this extreme pain for all women in my country, in America, all over. And so I could not get that idea or that pain out unless I painted it. And so um, this painting... Is a really when I painted it was uh, very intense and painful for me. Um, it's in the moment, in the moment where we've never seen. It's that moment when the woman or young child completely is um, taking his humanity away. Their humanity disappears. They are exploited, and that it's 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 like riding between between life and death. It's like right in the middle and it's it's extremely painful before reaching death and you're not alive anymore. So the story is the mother, at this moment, as we are seeing this picture, at that same moment, the mother's thoughts go to her daughter. She has not seen her daughter in two months. She knows that overseas traveling and work can be extremely painful well, hard to communicate sometimes, hard to find a phone or whatnot. So she's not quite, she's not there in terms of being extremely panic-stricken, but she is worried. So she writes this letter to her daughter, Anichka, and it basically says, I miss you. I hope uh, you're doing well. Uh, I know it's been two months, but I am starting to worry. Uh, we found your dress. Now, this dress is symbolizing this girl's humanity. It's her femininity. It's her life. It's her youth. We've, and so the mother says, we found your dress. And your father and I remember how you danced this floor and the wind is blowing your dress and you are so happy and I remember the joy your father and I felt when we um, experienced uh, your beautiful self and, and at that moment as we read this caption we seeing Anichka of what's happening to her in that moment so time is split and mm-hmm. it's happening in two different places of this terrible, um, unfortunate situation. Uh, and so the dress signifies her uh, humanity, her feminism. She's not wearing a dress. She is completely bare. And uh, she's attacked. Yes. So,
1: Well, your story intersects with my story. When I lived in Athens, Greece... And we um, we experienced the girls being trafficked to Greece from Ukraine, from oh Moldova, from Romania, from Bulgaria when the Soviet Union collapsed. And the risk that taking a job in the tourist industry was not a job, but it was exploitation. It was commercial sexual exploitation. And I remember being a volunteer at the Doctors of the World shelter with a Ukrainian girl. And then later meeting with um, a mother, a Russian mother, who was looking for her daughter. She came to Athens. Looking for her daughter, she put ads in the Russian language um, newspaper. It was just a little newspaper that that community had looking for her daughter, and she could not find her daughter.
8: It's that moment. Moment. It's the moment of that happening. Losing their
1: humanity. Yes,
8: yes. So, and. um, Don't you think that that
1: speaks to the definition of the price of life? Absolutely. Wow. yes thank yes. you so much and thank your piece you. is absolutely overwhelming and I wish our listeners could see it will it be available on the internet in, in any way
8: it's online it's online uh, at the on the website uh, price of life okay um, and um, I need to get my website up, and yes, it, will be, okay. it will be there. Um, okay. Well, so, we
1: will be able to point our listeners to sure, see it at sure. Price of Life okay. and listen to your explanation. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm here in New York City. What's your name? Stephanie Cheng. And what are you doing? Where are you from? I'm from University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And why is Price of Life in New York City ending human trafficking? Hey,
9: Price of Life in New York City is ending human trafficking because it is mobilizing next next leaders, global leaders. Um, it mobilizes college students who not only care about the world, but it mobilizes people who um, are truly thinking about their lives and truly thinking about where they want to go next. Um, mobilizing college students. Is extremely profound and strategic, um, and in the next by by mobilizing this generation, you are impacting the next twenty to thirty years of the of, of the world's next global leaders, and so this ends human trafficking because you're taking the best, you're taking the brightest, and you're teaching them what it means to end modern day slavery. So that's 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 what it is. It's doing. We're in New York City
1: Center. Price of Life. This is the celebration event, and we're here with... Andrea Mufara. I'm a student at New York University,
10: and I'm the student coordinator for Price of Life at NYU.
1: Very cool. So tell me, what have you achieved with Price of Life at NYU? Uh,
10: I think in the past two weeks, um, it's clear that human trafficking is an issue now. I think it has always been an issue, but it hasn't been clear on our campus, and I don't think anyone walked by our campus without seeing some sort of performance, event, flyer, something about human trafficking. Um, I also believe that uh, the view of the Christian community changed, that we weren't so um, insular, but now we are more known, and people. um, I'm hoping that it will be a place where, like, our meetings where people can come and um, it'll be kind of an open place for everyone, and it's not. Um, Yeah, I guess in general I feel like the clubs on campus kind of came together for this and there's more unity among us. Good job. Good
11: job. So you're glad. It was worth all the work. It was worth all the work. Tell me your name. My name's Maria Baruti. And what university are you attending? I actually just graduated from Hofstra University. Oh, very cool. And how long have you been involved in planning Price of Life? So I was Price of Life's, uh, one of their first interns, Last summer, I interned through New York City Urban Project with Jonathan Walton, and Price of Life was my branch, and it was wonderful. (laughs) So tell me what you think tonight is all about. Tonight is just a night of of everything we've been working towards, everything we've been pouring our hearts and souls into, and it's a night of freedom. It's a night where the city can be has the potential to be transformed. Um, and we're just really excited to share with everyone that we can do something about the injustice of human trafficking, uh, that we all have the power, we all hold the key to see captives free. Good job.
1: All right. Thank you. I'm here in New York City with price of life tell me your name and what you do with price of life
9: my name is courtney wong and i am the new york city urban project uh, worship leader Um, and i'm also an artist and i wrote and recorded a song called freedom on exposing darkness which is our compilation album to end human trafficking uh it released last saturday october 5th and proceeds are going to restore nyc nomi network and world vision
1: so tell me how my listeners can get that compilation album.
9: Um, right now it's available um, on Bandcamp if you search for, for um, Exposing Darkness or you can find it at priceoflifenyc.org. And um, all the links are there and they're available for download.
1: And we will put that link on our show notes <laughs> That's for the great. podcast too. So now, Courtney, tell me about the song that you wrote for this album.
9: Yeah, I wrote the song called Freedom. Um, and it's actually, it actually looks at three different forms of human trafficking. Um, the first verse is about um, possibly a, a sex trafficking victim um, the second verse um, talks about uh, a child con- child child soldiering, basically, mm-hmm. and the third verse is uh, a little bit more on labor trafficking. But I think it could it could apply across the board, as you probably know. A lot of forms of human trafficking are very intertwined. There is there's an, always a clear cut uh, definition, right? It's, it's very, very complicated. complicated. So it just um, the verses kind of talk about their situation. Um, it starts off. Uh, um, some days she won't call the streets her home, some she won't fear the smell of men's cologne, one day she won't wake up in someone else's bed that day uh, she'll play princess and in house instead. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the idea that someday they won't have to do this, someday they won't have to do that. Instead someday, one day they'll have this hope um, and it just goes on to say um, uh, they fear that someday is like a fairy tale away but Um, I'm gonna pray to break those chains and bring someday closer to today and just I want freedom And it's just this anthem that I want freedom and I want freedom for them
1: That's amazing. (laughs) I love it. I can hardly wait to hear it. Are we gonna hear it tonight in the concert?
9: (laughs) No, you won't we had our album release last weekend at a preview show Wow before that the the Saturday before that so we've had two weeks of shows um, but tonight, you have a lot of other great artists that you're Oh, that's great. Well, Courtney, <laughs> I thank you
1: so much for telling us about your song, yeah. because it's a voice for the voiceless. It is. Thank you. We're at Baruch College, and what's your name? Katie. Katie, what are you going to do to end human trafficking as a college student?
10: Um, I'm going to educate myself further and... Um, just um, the details of human trafficking, because um, um, I guess this week has been um, the initial exposure to the issue, and I feel like I need to learn more, and um, so, yeah.
1: That's great. That actually fits our Global Center for Women and Justice motto, which is, before you start talking, before you start doing anything, study the issues. Thank you, Katie. Yeah, thank you.
0: As you've heard, there's so many young people who are involved in this movement to end human trafficking, and it's exciting to see so many people involved, and Sandy and I and the entire Global Center for Women and Justice are going to continue to work hard to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Hey, if you have comments, questions, or feedback about this episode, send us an email, gcwj at vanguard.edu or you can reach us by phone anytime, 714-966-6360. And just a reminder, we are up on Facebook as well. So if you haven't connected with us there and use Facebook, just search for the Global Center for Women in Justice. You'll see all kinds of information, articles, things that'll be of value to you. So be sure to connect with us there. And we'll see you again in two weeks. Take care.